E-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines. But Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels. Having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebels Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At the Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. So, for a few weeks there, Every single episode started out with a, hey, all you cool cats and kittens, right? Yeah, and where was that from? You guys know, Tiger King. It was the uh, the sensation of Netflix back when the pandemic first hit. And uh, man, what a, what a show, <laughs> to say the least. And by the way, yes, hi, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And I, I mentioned Tiger King because today's guest is, is actually... One of the the stars from the show, he served as the campaign manager for Joe Exotic, who was uh, one of the leading figures, uh, very controversial at that, but you get to learn a little bit more about uh, Joe Exotic today through the lens of Josh Dial. Uh, So Josh has joined the show to discuss, yes, what it was like to be the libertarian campaign manager for uh, Joe Exotic back during Joe's gubernatorial campaign in Oklahoma, but also discussing some uh, some overtly non-political things, focusing entirely that of mental health. Uh, for those of you who have watched the show, obviously you understand that during uh, the filming of uh, the show that there was a, a very traumatic incident that took place on the show. Um, and with that, Josh has had to, uh, to find ways to deal with that. And uh, we discussed that today and also ending the stigma on mental health to open the doors for people to feel more comfortable to discuss these very difficult issues. So uh, guys, it's a fantastic conversation and a great way to wrap out an absolutely fantastic week here on The Brian Nichols Show. So without further ado, on to the show, Josh Dial here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Josh Dial, you were uh, one of America's sweethearts there back at the beginning of the coronavirus, right? Because Netflix had this documentary when the world started to go to hell. And they're like, hey, I think we need to you know, just drop this documentary. And it was Tiger King, um, which I think caught the world, uh, dare I say, at least America, by storm. Uh, and Josh, you had, uh, I would say, one of, if not the more, shall we say, normal 
parts of the show being kind of a level-headed person in a sea of crazy. Um, so with that being said, Josh, you you kind of took to, uh, I think, uh, an unexpected uh, jump to kind of this this weird fandom and fandom um, that happened, but you were kind of a normal dude before all this Tiger King world stuff happened, right? So let's talk about before Tiger King, the person, Josh Dial, you Notedly, in the Tiger King documentary, said that you're a libertarian, so technically, fuck the feds. Uh, so, obviously, libertarian heartstrings, they were soaring when they heard that. Talk to us. Your political history, your, kind of your building up of your political ideology, maybe how you've changed a little bit since uh, the Tiger King days. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, I started my political journey. I'm 31 years old, so I started my political journey on September 11th, 2001, at the age of 11 or 12. Um, and, you know, ever since that day, uh, every day we tune into the news, uh, read the paper, see what our local officials are doing. And every single day since that day and be even before that, we have watched our individual liberty shrink and disappear. Uh, we have had, you know, uh, massive spying programs. And that's really forged me into the libertarian that I am today. Um, I started out as a Republican. I switched over to the Democrat side, and now here I am as a libertarian. And you joked in the uh, the program, Tiger King, uh, that you when you became Joe Exotic's campaign manager, you said, I don't think he actually knows what it means to be a libertarian, which I, it kind of, um it struck me funny, right? Because I think your average person, they don't know what it means to be a libertarian either, because they hear this word, and they're like, a liberal what? And uh, I, I know part of what I do on my show is I focus on how to sell liberty. So you got this guy, Joe Exotic, he comes, now you were working at Walmart, correct me if I'm wrong at the time, and he says, I'm running yeah. for president, right? And he's asking for some advice. How were you able to basically get him to, to I guess, go along with this libertarian philosophy? Um, he actually came up with the idea to run in the Libertarian Party, and uh, I, you know, he was an independent as a presidential candidate. He was an independent, and I, you know, I'd see him and I just stroke his ego, you know, and just just kind of treat the guy like the the king that he thought he was, and uh, you know, and he's kind of like our president in that in that sense that you you stroke his ego, he's gonna he's gonna throw you a bone. Um, and I never saw any harm in that, um, but I had a lot of respect for Joe, um, just, uh, just already because, you know, any, anyone who in, in the LGBT community, who's, who's been out and, you know, openly gay for, you know, 30, 40 years, um, I've got to have a lot of respect for, because, you know, in the seventies and the eighties, uh, our people were almost wiped out by the AIDS epidemic. And, uh, you know, they're not the protections that exist today. They did not exist back then. So I had a lot of respect for Joe, uh, just simply as one gay man to another, um, recognizing the struggles that he must have gone through. Um, and that's what really created our friendship. And, you know, I come up to the zoo one day looking for a job. I was kind of in between jobs. And he said, well, I'm running for governor. And I was like, what party? And he said, libertarian. And I said, all right, let's go. Let's go. But, you know. Yeah, we come out of debates and stuff, and there was two, there was three libertarians running about mm, seven or eight um, Democrats and seven or eight Republicans, um, and we come out of the debates and and the forums and stuff at the end. He'd be like, he wouldn't know which which of the candidates was the Democrat, which was the Republican, and which was the Libertarian. He had no idea. He really had not one idea. So. You're talking to someone like Joe, right? And you, one of the things I mentioned before was what we're focusing on here in the show is how do we sell the ideas of liberty? And, and you you spoke to 
Again, going back to this reoccurring theme I've been having on the program, and that is talking to people with where they're at, right? And you said specifically, you know, for for Joe, as a gay man, especially growing up during, you know, the 70s and 80s, he had lived experiences that entirely shaped his worldview. And for you to enter in and talking to him in that conversation as a person and understanding his lived experiences, I mean... Yeah, people can look at the show and they can, you know, say for all the the crazy things that were going on in the show, there was something that you you spoke to right there that really shows, I think, how to build some long lasting relationships, or at the very least, to to pique some people's interests, right? And that is building that kind of uh, that starting off point and addressing those kind of those concerns that a person might have that isn't really well versed. So I guess you know, obviously, Josh, you're you were running as the campaign manager uh, with uh, with Joe in this this gubernatorial race. Kind of what was the, I guess, the experience it was for you on the campaign trail? Because um, obviously you you kept on having the opportunity to bring back these gigantic tigers, which no real governors uh, or, or gubernatorial campaigns would probably have access to. Um, but also you're talking to people on a day-to-day basis. What was the, the kind of reception that you guys got when you were out uh, talking to people, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies? Yeah, we, we had a huge uh, uh, independent following. Um, and one of the things that, that I tried to do to help Joe uh, was to get the executive committee to open the primaries. Um, it just happened that fate would have it that that day would also be the same day that his husband committed suicide. Um, so, you know, but there, there was there was a ton of people that were really receptive to the message. Joe was really good about saying, you know, bringing it down to a kind of a kind of a folksy level. Um, you know, saying, hey, I'm your neighbor and I got this this hole in the ground. I'm going to pay the property taxes. I'm going to pay to dig the hole. I'm going to pay to put water in it. I'm going to pay to put fish in it. Do you think that it's right that you should have to go get a fishing permit to come next door to my hole and, and fish in my pond? And, you know, bringing it down to real simple stuff like that. And, you know, it, people really responded well to it. Well, I think because at the end of the day, I would dare say the ideas of being a libertarian, I they're not that controversial, right? I think when we look at the very fundamental tenets, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff, I don't think that's very controversial. So to your point, I think that's a very intoxicating message, and it's actually a very easy message to resonate when you're running for office. So Joe obviously got a lot of um, a lot of eyeballs on him during that candidacy, uh, but it didn't pan out. So what kind of, I guess, when it came down to, to brass tacks, what happened? What ended up not being the, uh, the re- or I guess, rather, what was the reason that, uh, that uh, Joe's campaign fizzled out? Well, apart from the fact that independents weren't allowed to vote in the primary, um, we were simply out-campaigned. Uh, the guy who eventually went on to win the nomination and go on to November Uh, He was knocking doors. Uh, We all, all three campaigns, we sent out mailers, um, but there was only one campaign that knocked doors. And in the end, it was that campaign that ended up being the winning campaign. Gotcha. How would you, so I'm curious, Josh, you, you've gone through a lot right now. We'll, we'll see if people who watch the show, this is not really a spoiler alert, right? But it's real life for you. You you were in the office there when you saw um, Joe's husband accidentally commit suicide. And that was a very big, shocking moment on the show. And it obviously had a very big impact on you as a person. And I know I was listening to you over on, on Chrissy and Jess's show there back a few months ago. And and you were talking candidly and openly about how you had to go through some you know, kind of some, some, number one, some therapy to deal with the, what you had to go through. But also, I think what you were doing actually was helping raise awareness to 
there's a really big stigma about having conversations about really difficult things that we've experienced in life and traumas we've experienced. So, you know, you've been able to go out now and you've been doing these podcasts and I'm just genuinely curious, what's kind of been the reception? Are you, are you starting to hear people changing the conversation about, uh, you know, addressing mental health? Uh, certainly. Uh, I mean, in my personal inbox, yeah, but as a, as a whole and as a country, no. No. Um, and I'm, I'm actually going through a really interesting journey right now. I uh, am working with the Ketamine Wellness Centers, um, or they're working with me. Um, the CEO reached out and gave me 15 free infusions. And it's actually a, it's not approved by insurance, but I am on my sixth infusion coming up this Saturday. Um, and it's been a game changer. It's, it's, it's very interesting how Can you speak the about ketamine that? at low. Yeah. The, so the ketamine at low doses, you know, um, I, I've never done it, uh, um, recreationally, but I know folks that have, and, you know, your usual ketamine dose for a recreational, you know, quote unquote, good time is about a thousand milligrams. Uh, what I do is, is 60 to 80 milligrams over the course of an hour, um, in an infusion, not in a shot or anything. And what it does at those low, low doses, um, is it repairs the neurons and, and damage in, in your brain. Um, so it kind of fixes the problem and, and, and not the symptoms so much. Um, it f- fixes the issue. Um, and, and it's, it's definitely not a silver bullet. There never will be a silver bullet for mental health, but in all my years of taking meds and therapy and everything else, uh, ketamine infusions have been probably number one. And I mean, I, I I'm out there certainly, you know, you know, we have Saf who's a transgender guy. Um, and then we have people like uh, Joe's ex-husbands and stuff out there um, fighting for LGBT rights. So I kind of see it as my job, you know, though I am gay, um, to kind of step back from that fight for a while and, and do a little bit of, of mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get PTSD and not, you know, go over overseas to war and, you know, be in, in combat. Um, th- this is an illness that can happen. Um to anyone. Um, and, uh, you know, especially now with the pandemic going on, um, I think it's more important than ever to have that discussion. Oh, for sure. I mean, one of the things, uh, candidly, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan for better or for worse. And, you know, one of the things I've actually been trying to do has been working on getting Dak Prescott and Hayden Hurst, who happens to be a tight end for the uh, Atlanta Falcons on my show, because both have been adamant NFL players raising up awareness about mental health. Um, Dak has been dealing with depression this past year after losing his brother to suicide back in the beginning of the, the pandemic. And he himself obviously going through a horrible, horrible uh, injury breaking his leg compound fracture after leading the league in the contract year and it's like that's a that's a huge issue but Dak has been one of the leading people in the NFL to talk about mental health issues and saying no we, we need to have a conversation and it's okay to have that conversation and I think part of the problem Josh and I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on this has been kind of this perception from guys to suck it up right and it's actually funny I'm going back to like three years ago when I first started the show I had this conversation about you know it was the Parkland shooting and the idea of you have these individuals who they they have no real sense of identity they have no real sense of what it means to be a man and they have this personification in their mind this characterization of what it means from the tv shows and such but when it comes down to it it's really difficult to actually you know live your life as you know a, a man because we're not allowed per the, the way the society has in many cases told us via the the culture 
to not talk about our issues, right? To to not address the issues that are dealing with us every single day, and then it leads to you. Know, oh my goodness! And it, you see that the countless men committing suicide, you know, drug overdoses, depression, and it's tragic because I would be one to say, well, goodness, I think we could avoid a lot of this if we just were able to start talking about it. So, kind of, what was the the point for you to say, okay, we we need to, and I say we for yourself to talk about this kind of stuff, to, to not keep it bottled up and to actually just take that step to recovery and making yourself feel better as a person. Yeah, you know, I, I've uh, I've had uh, attempts over the years of suicide and, and uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of seeing, seeing any, any news about anyone committing suicide. I'm, I mean, I, I feel like it's incumbent upon me to use the, what small platform I have uh, to reach out to anyone that's listening. Um, and and you know to be be there and be a comfort and be a be an example that you can get through you can get through it. Yeah, I've I've but, lost way too many friends from from not just suicide but from drunk driving. Um, and alcohol was was their means of of unplugging, right? And uh, yeah. you know, it's it was very shocking over the past year and a half for myself to to see so many you know, close, but also young friends. I mean, all under the age of 30 and in some cases under the age of 20. And, and it's, um, it's definitely something that it hit me hard because it's, I don't say it's something that's never really impacted me, but it was never something that like, it would be in like the purview that you knew of somebody, right. Who had somebody who was dealing with depression or somebody who their loved one or, you know, a significant other had had committed suicide, but it was never someone that you you personally knew or somebody that was in your, your circle. And then it was like, Oh man, like, yeah, you got to check in your friends. Like you got, you got to talk to people. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when, when I first came out as, as having a mental mental health condition, um, my friend at the time abandoned me, said, basically, tough it up. You know, you're, you know, you, this is something positive thinking, all that stuff. And some five, six years later, his little brother committed suicide. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would urge anyone out there who is of a mind to just, just suck it up, buttercup. Um, don't let that be your greatest, mis- you know, regret. Don't, don't, don't look a year from a year from now and have a loved one commit suicide. You don't want that regret lit to live with. I certainly wouldn't want it. Well, no, <laughs> not only would you not want it, but like it's, I wouldn't say it's preventable. Right. But there's, there's concrete things that we can do to help. And, and you know, this is one thing. So I always find it very interesting when like people that I would dare say are successful people, do things that I've found that, oh, I've actually been doing in my life trying to incorporate. I'm like, okay, I'm on the right path. So one of the things, um, I forget the gentleman's name, it's going to drive me crazy, but I was listening to an audiobook, and one of the things that he does on a daily basis is is reach out to one friend, family member, person from your past, whatever it may be, just to say hi. And I, I like kind of smiled because I've been doing that now for about a year, Um ever since I, I lost one of my first friends uh, due to a, a drunk driving accident. And I'll tell you, Josh, like, not only does it make me feel better as a person, because, like, you're reconnecting with people, but, I mean, I've also had a chance to, um to like, shockingly and not expectedly at all, help some friends who are going through some really, really tough stuff. Um, 
you know, and without getting into too much details, like having one of my buddies who basically was saying like, yeah, like my, my, not my, his dad, um, didn't want to have anything to do with him and his, his, you know, now child. And, and you hear that and you're like, oh my God, like I, I can't begin to understand. But then I, I realize, well, not only can I not begin to understand, but I would never begin to know without asking and, and genuinely trying to see how people are at. So I'd say, you know, let's kind of turn it this way, Josh, you, you obviously, are leading the charge, trying to raise this up in awareness. If you could give some some tips to people, because my show, yes, it's a politics show, but it's also you know a show how we make people better as as individuals. Because I, I'm I'm I personally believe I'm firmly believe that we're the best version of our political selves, of your salesperson self, of your business professional self when you're the best version of you as a person first. So, what have you found has been the best means to start proactively? addressing one's mental health in a way that's that's you know number one it's doable but number two it's it's not going to be something that's overwhelming and you know making somebody feel like they they are going to be you're running around with their head cut off yeah so you know that's a tough one because everybody has their own special and unique journey for mental health me personally um as an atheist i i have a, a few fewer options than a normal person would um, you know, uh, a Christian is going to be able to to have 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 faith and have have that to lean back on. Um, honestly, music has been the best therapy for me. Um, and and you know, just think of uh, what Paul McCartney said and Hey Jude, don't carry the world on your shoulders. And I have to remind myself that every single day um, because I want to take every single injustice, every wrong, and I want to ride it. Um, and I have to remind myself that I cannot do that. And control what you can control, right? Um, I lead the sales team. That's why I teach my team all day long. That you know, you're gonna call call in, and you're gonna get people who are so just belligerent and and so rude. But it's like, yeah, they're dealing with things in their personal lives too. Don't take it personally. Control what you can control, because otherwise, you're just gonna you're gonna be driving yourself crazy. Because instead of focusing on the things that you actually can control, you're gonna be driving yourself nuts in the things you can't control. Trying to figure out how to get in control of them, only to realize it's gonna be like trying to grip sand. It's gonna slip right through your fingers. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was go. If, you know, go, go I was, was going to carry this into another part of this because um, politics is it's kind of like this fine line, right, between this this kind of personal world and then taking that personal world and applying it on a macro level and your personal values now impacting quite literally millions of people through uh, the, the means of government. So we're seeing right now, Josh, this this crazy election coming up here in, goodness, less than 15 days. And I see a world that I would dare say is definitely struggling with a sense of identity, but also a sense of uh, trying to overcome our, our various means of disagreement because I think we've gotten to the point we're no longer people it's teams. So I would ask you, because again, you're kind of leading this charge with mental health. How do we as political beings reach people where they're at in their personal lives um, when we're trying to talk about politics? Because it is so emotional and it is so difficult sometimes to enter that conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, you just, uh, you got, you got to bring it home kind of like, uh, I was talking about Joe earlier, you know, uh, talking about digging in his own pond and, and putting fish in it and you have to pay for it. You, you got to bring it down to a local level. Um, and you know, I would, I would say this to anyone that's listening, don't get discouraged. 
um, if you're if or when your candidate don't don't win. Um, don't be discouraged on election night and don't be surprised if you're a new libertarian. Don't be surprised if you do not hear one mention of Joe Jorgensen, Spike Cohen. Um, don't get discouraged. Um, and you have to keep fighting. You, you, you just have to keep fighting. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's one of the hardest things to do is to keep fighting. So, um, you know, as we, we get closer to the end here, you're you're still fighting and you're leading the charge um, right now on your new tour, which is a tour, the Uncaged tour, talking about your experience with Tiger King. So let's talk about that. Obviously, things are a little crazy with COVID. Um, so it's a little difficult to get out and do an actual tour when you guys first launched the documentary. So what is this Uncaged tour I hear come up here, Josh? So uh, it's going to be myself, John Rinke, uh, and Saf, along with uh, uh, Barbara from Doc Antel's operation. And the four of us are going to go on a speaking tour. There was a, a ton of stuff that was not mentioned or brought up in the documentary. Um, and then there's a lot of things that have come to light since. Um, I've learned a lot of things about Joe that I did not know before, um, that I shudder to think I wish I would have known uh, before. Um, and then there's some also, also some things uh, positive about Joe over time that now that I've had, you know, a couple of years to process it, um, I, I, I've kind of been able to make more solid conclusions on certain things. So we're just going to, you know, we're, we're all going to talk our piece. Um, and, um, you know, you know, this definitely isn't the last time you've heard of Joe Exotic. I can say that much. Oh, see, I like, I like that little tease there. So with this um, this tour, how is it going to be taking place? Is it going to be uh, going around the United States? Is it going to be going to different theaters? How's that work? Yeah, we're going to go around the United States, uh, casinos, theaters. Uh, so if you guys want us in your town, um, you know, call call your theater, tell them to uh, book us, and uh, we'll be there. I know we're all eager to get out on the road. Um, you know, this did come out during the pandemic, so... Um, contrary to all the the the, the fa- Facebook authoritarians, um, no, I have not been able to go out and quote unquote capitalize on this because um, you know we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but you know this this is going to be a very interesting show. Um, we're going to have meet and greets afterwards, so it's a chance to get you know get a picture with everyone, meet everyone, and get some behind the scenes stuff. So let's uh, wrap up here, Josh. Some future aspirations for Josh Dial. What's on the uh, the I guess the agenda, the the pathway, the the map, wherever it is you're heading. Where do you kind of see yourself? Are you going to be going more politics, more of this advocacy route, uh, or or something that we didn't discuss here? The show. You know, I haven't really decided. Right now, I'm doing uh, cold calling work um, for a political company. Um, and I'm finding that I hate it. So. Um, you know, I don't really know uh, what what what's coming next, um, but uh, you know, mainly I just want to get through November and then kind of see where we go from there. Amen. And hopefully, we have a a, a lockdown free world where you can actually go out and capitalize on this wonderful documentary, Tiger King, and now your new venture, the Uncaged Tour. Josh Dial, where can folks go ahead and follow you on social media? They want to stay up to date with all the happenings that are going on in your life and uh, to stay up to date with all the, the media inquiries and see what's going on in your life. Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, and uh, Twitter, and uh, I'm attempting to start up a YouTube channel, so we'll see. 
Rock Watch and space. roll. I love it. So we'll make sure and, uh, the YouTube channel is up and going. We'll have you back on, give it a pr- uh, promote, but also uh, make sure you're, we promote all the things you're doing to help uh, raise up awareness for mental health. Definitely something that I strongly, strongly, strongly encourage my audience to get more involved with. And obviously, if you have any li- uh, links, Josh, you could share um, with, with me afterwards. We'll make sure we include all those in the show uh, show notes for folks to go ahead and have resources available. Uh, but that being said, Josh Dial, thanks for joining the Brian Nichols Show. Thank you. A quick read from our new sponsor, and that is the Expat Money Show. Now, if you are a longtime listener or even a relatively new listener here on the Brian Nichols Show, then you remember our good friend Mikkel Thorup from the Expat Money Show. What an episode to learn that just because you were born in one country doesn't mean that you have to pay your taxes there forever to do your banking there, to have your investments there, raise your family there, or even have your companies register there, learn there, get your kids educated there. Or even live your life there. How about that? You can go ahead and live your life wherever it is you see fit. Because the Expat Money Show, which is hosted by our friend Mikkel Thorup, originally started as a podcast, but has grown to a worldwide community of entrepreneurs who are living international location, independent lifestyles. Mikkel is focused on helping you live an international life by looking at problems through the lens of global solutions. In this day and age, there is no reason you should let borders get in the way of having the best the world has to offer. So, Brian Nichols Show audience, head over to the Expat Money Show today. Give Mikkel a subscribe, a fantastic show, and tell him that Brian Nichols sent you. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Josh Dial here on The Brian Nichols Show, and that will wrap out our trifecta of episodes here for the week. What a great way uh, to wrap up the week. Josh, thank you so much for joining the show, and and what a, a very important, uh, but also very, uh, very, I think, worthwhile conversation. It, it gives you some more context. Mental health is something that's very difficult for people to talk about. And and I got to say, just to have somebody like Josh be able to uh, to stand up and, and lead that fight and leading the charge, uh, my goodness, it, it, more power uh, to Josh and, and more power to folks like Josh. Please be willing to, to take a stand and, and talk about this kind of stuff. Whether, I mean, we talked about Dak Prescott. You know, it, there are people out there of... Noted figure, and they they too are struggling with mental health, so don't feel ashamed. Talk about it openly, but also if you know somebody who's struggling with mental health, reach out to them, be there for them, talk to them, and more importantly, if you need to, get them help. It's okay. That's that's what friends are for. That's what we're there for. Uh, and with that being said, guys, um, thank you for being the best audience in the world. I speak of you guys being my friends. Honestly, you guys are like my family at this point. Um, so thank you for, at this point, going on three years almost of the Brian Nichols Show. Um, and, and with that, if, if you have not had the chance yet to follow me, at B Nichols Liberty, Facebook, Twitter, Minds.com, and Parlor.com. Also, email me, Brian at BrianNicholsShow.com. Why would you email me, you ask? Well, because you're going to be sending me your screen shot of your five-star rating and review of The Brian Nichols Show over on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that's right. Take that screenshot. And why are you sending that to me in an email? Because if you do, you are going to be entered into our Ebels giveaway. Yes, Ebels, our fantastic sponsor. You'll be entered into an exclusive giveaway there. So make sure you go ahead and enter into said giveaway by doing that five-star rating and review. So looking back, yes, we had Serene Ardelianu, Assemblyman Mark Walzik, and yes, Josh Dial here this week. Looking ahead to next week. So we have Brian Slowinski. He's actually... Actually, no, hold on. Brian is he's gonna be here on Monday, but we have four episodes. That's right. My Corey, my executive producer, he's like, 
why? <laughs> more episodes. Yes, more episodes. Four episodes coming up next week. Sunday, we have Kenny Cody. Kenny is uh, Cock County of Tennessee's GOP chair at the tender age of 24 years old. Um, he is a, a fireball of energy and enthusiasm. So Kenny joins the show. He makes his pitch. Why? We, it's, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm realizing how we start the week and how we end it. He makes his pitch onto why, um, if you're a libertarian, you should be making a, a vote for Republicans um, to get a truly more libertarian society. Then coming up on Monday, yes, I hinted Brian Slowinski. He is running for a U.S. Senate down in Georgia, not running against Shane Hazel. He's running for the other seat uh, down there. So he uh, makes his pitch, his last minute pitch there to the, the voters um, as he joins the Brian Nichols Show on Monday right before Election Day. Wednesday, Peter Quinonez, that's right, the formerly man formerly known as Mance Radar. He is joining the show Free Man Beyond the Wall. He is discussing uh, not only Free Man Beyond the Wall, but also uh, his awesome brand new documentary, The Monopoly on Violence, uh, a great look into uh, the libertarian approach to how we would deal uh, with, yes, this uh, horrible, horrible monopoly on violence we have right now from the state control. And then on Friday, we're going over the pond. That's right. We're giving a call to Ian Dunt. Ian is uh, the uh, director of politics.co.uk, which is the United Kingdom's leading political news website with over 150,000 visitors a month. He's been featured on the BBC, and he is the author of a brand new book, How to Be a Liberal, making his overtly nonpartisan approach to spreading liberal ideas in their most classical sense. A great conversation with Ian Dunt on Friday. So you guys have so much to look forward to as we head towards next week. So you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button. Don't miss a single episode. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Josh Dial. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.